0: Mobile business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Final hour of trading on a Friday. We've got the Dow, the SP, NASDAQ all higher, and this report is brought to you by National Realty. Managers of New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Florida cash flow real estate offering safe, high-yield cash flow property units. See them at nria.net. Stocks are advancing. Treasuries rose while the dollar sank as investors digest Janet Yellen's Jackson Hole speech, which didn't take the hawkish tone the market feared. As for discussions about inflation at Jackson Hole, Dino Kos is vice president at CLS Bank. He's also a former Fed official. Why
1: is inflation so low? Why are the Why are central banks struggling, across the board actually in all the major uh, geographies to get inflation higher? And you know that is such a turnaround from where we were historically not that long ago, where central banks historically were worried about getting inflation lower. So that that's going to be, it may not be on the panels at Jackson Hole, but it's going to be the subject of discussion, uh, you know, d- you know during the coffee breaks and at dinners. You can be sure of that. And
0: at Jackson Hole, Yellen said any rollback of post-crisis financial reforms should be quote, modest because they made the banking system safer and more resilient, rebutting Republicans in Congress and the White House who blame regulatory red tape for holding back the U.S. economy. Oil explorers park more drilling rigs in the U.S. this week as some in the industry begin to turn away from shale. Working rigs targeting crude fell by four, bringing the total to 759 according to data from Baker Hughes. Crude oil up now by one percent, Up forty six cents a barrel to forty seven eighty nine. This is uh, Hurricane Harvey heads towards the Texas coast. We have got gold up five thirty the ounce up four tenths of one percent to twelve ninety three. The tenure up eight thirty seconds to yield there two point one seven percent. S and P up nine a gain of four tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up seventy two up three tenths of one percent. Nasdaq up five a gain of one tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
2: Thank you, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Friday. Carol Masser in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. This is Bloomberg. All right, everybody. It's a little Friday. It's a little Bruce. It's a little Dave Wilson. And it's a little chart of the day. What do you got here, Dave? It's all about the ties
1: that bind. That's why uh, we picked that particular song. And specifically, we're talking about the ties that bind volatility gauges for U.S. stocks and bonds. Now, we talk about the VIX index every day, you know, that CBOE volatility index, which is based on S&P 500 option prices. Bank of America Merrill Lynch has something similar called the Merrill Option Volatility Estimate, otherwise known as the move, uh, for Treasuries. works pretty much the same way. Now, uh, what the folks at B of A Merrill Lynch did in a report this week is note the relationship between the two looking at correlation. And just, you know, as a point of reference, uh, correlation readings can be as high as one if you have two values that move in lockstep with each other. They could be minus one if they move you know, opposite each other all the time, or there could be no relationship at all. So that's your range of possibilities. Uh, what we saw looking at the VIX and the move indexes within the past month, uh, based on this uh, Merrill chart, which I've recreated for chart of the day, uh, the six-month correlation got above 0.6 within the past month or so. Uh, highest, actually, outside of one surge In August 2011. So it goes to show you that we have an unusual sort of relationship uh, in the sense that you have stock and bond volatility depressed at the same time, so they're tracking each other more closely than usual. Now, uh, the equity derivatives team over at uh, B of A Merrill Lynch will tell you that, you know, it's a reason to anticipate that both will rise, and so therefore you want to own volatility, as they put it, uh, whether you do that with with futures or exchange-traded funds or whatever, but uh, – I'm just here to tell you if you want to see the chart and uh, read the explanation that goes with it and see everything I do going forward, send me an email. And uh, the address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net.
2: So bottom line, and expect more volatility in both the stock and the bond market.
1: That's their take, and okay. you know because you have unusually low readings uh, in terms of the individual indexes and an unusually high correlation between the two. So at least uh, from their perspective, it strengthens the case to expect that you're going to see a pickup in volatility coming soon.
2: All right, good stuff, Dave Wilson. Let's uh, bring in Carl Riccadonna as well, uh, chief U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, Mr. Riccadonna. What are you squinting at?
3: I'm squinting at the uh, droggy remarks that are ah. coming out of uh, Jackson Hole. So we had uh, Chair Yellen uh, earlier today really uh, focusing on uh, post-financial crisis uh, uh, regulatory uh, reform and uh, basically signaling, uh, I think, uh, to uh, President Trump, uh, if you're thinking about uh, putting me uh, in the uh, Fed chair for a second term, uh, don't think that uh, I'm going to preside over uh, some massive rollback of all of this uh, post-crisis uh, uh, regulation. Uh, she is uh, uh, a strong uh, supporter of the regulation that has put in place. She doesn't see it as dampening uh, economic activity. And while she's amenable to tweaking it, uh, she is not going to uh, preside over a, uh, a wholesale uh, rollback. So that was a, so a kind of that President Trump. drawing a line. You know, she has a great track record. Yeah. I think she'd be a, a great pick for a second term. Uh, but she's kind of laying out, uh, the terms and conditions of what that second term, uh, would look like. That being said, uh, we have the droggy headlines, uh, rolling across the uh, headline on the term, or the, uh, the terminal here. Uh, and, uh, he seems to really be talking about, uh, protectionism and, uh, uh, risks to, uh, trade. Obviously, that's such a high priority for the, uh, European economy in, in particular. Uh, the only thing I see, uh, at least in the initial glance of the headlines, is, uh, that's relevant to monetary policy, he talks about, uh, the, Europe recovery uh, and consolidation being at an earlier stage versus the U.S. So the real focus here, no, really? uh, is the ECB uh, tapering uh, and uh, uh, the end of uh, QE uh, in Europe, uh, which uh, presumably will be happening next year. Uh, he doesn't give us a strong inclination of uh, when exactly that will be, uh, but uh, he's still speaking, so uh, you know, certainly have to stay tuned to those headlines.
2: What's interesting though is we, you know, President Trump has certainly pushed back against. Uh, globalism and has been more in favor of protectionism, or at least that's what he says. Whether or not his whole team is in favor of that, that's up for debate, I guess you could say. Uh, but it is interesting to have those global central bankers come out and say, "No, you can't be, you ha- can't push back on globalism at this point. This is important to what goes on globe in the global economy. It all is connected."
3: Right. There's significant implications now. If we look at uh, you know the importance of trade uh, to Europe uh, compared to the U.S., uh, I would say it's actually an even higher. Pred- in Europe, and so that's why you see uh, this uh, pushback. Uh, certainly, uh, trade is critical to the U.S., but for instance, if we're looking at uh, exports as a share of GDP, uh, you know, for Germany, that's a huge number for the U.S., uh, you know, less critical to uh, economic growth. Carl,
2: at this juncture, I think, you know, Jackson Hole we look at is kind of an important part important point, I kind of feel like every year, because it is global central bankers who get together, and maybe if they want to put out some kind of coordinated message to some extent, this is an opportunity for them to do so. Where are we, though? Like, what is What was maybe needed to be their mission at this year's meeting? Do they need to? Do they have a mission? Are we at this kind of funny time right now?
3: Well, we're certainly not, uh, you know, where we were back during the the dark days no, of the financial crisis, where they really needed to have a concerted, uh, consolidated uh, message uh, to market participants. And there are different goals, I feel. Right like, between now, and the, the and US. goals are slightly different. Uh, we're certainly not in a crisis stage at this point, and mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, really a, a tailwind lifting global economic activity, whether it's the U.S., other developed economies, or even emerging markets, uh, and that makes. Makes uh, policymakers' job a lot easier now, as they can, yeah. uh, you know, start winding in uh, some of that accommodation. But the, the, the critical uh, point is going to be they have to uh, be careful not to over tighten. That's how most cycles end: is that the right. central bank uh, pushes back uh, on the brake pedal too hard, uh, and uh, we certainly could be at risk of that uh, if everyone's starting uh, to ease back next year. Dave
2: Wilson, just quickly, major averages uh, set for some gains this week in terms of stocks.
3: No, they are,
1: and I'm just looking at the Vanguard FTSE Europe exchange-traded fund, ticker VGK, and it's
2: actually at its highs of the day mm-hmm.
1: on Draghi's comments, so uh, yeah. some pluses there.
2: All right. Dave Wilson, stocks editor at Bloomberg News. We'll be back with his stock of the day a little bit later on. Car and don, have a great weekend. Chief U.S. Economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, right here on Bloomberg. Let's get a check on your latest World of National News headlines. We've got Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Nathan?
4: They're hunkering down from Texas to Louisiana, Carol, with Hurricane Harvey now at Category 3 strength, top winds of 120 miles an hour. That advisory just issued by the National Hurricane Center. This storm could get even stronger when it makes landfall along the Texas Gulf Coast late tonight or early tomorrow. Texas Governor Greg Abbott? My top goal is to be able to... Uh, make it through this storm in a way in which we lose no lives. And so uh, my hope is that our fellow Texans will uh, follow that advice uh, and put your life first and your property second. White House Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert says President Trump will be very aggressive on disaster aid. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says he may visit Texas Early next week. The Trump administration is taking an aggressive stand against Venezuela's increasingly authoritarian regime and is imposing new sanctions on new debt issued by the Maduro government and its state oil company while allowing for general licenses on some existing transactions. Uh, Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. Today's actions is the next step towards freedom for the Venezuelan people. We will continue working to achieve this goal with allies around the world who have widely condemned Venezuela's dictatorship. Venezuela's foreign minister is calling the new sanctions the worst aggression against his country in the last 200 years. Speaking to reporters at the United Nations, he says they will not allow the U.S. to create a humanitarian crisis in Venezuela. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.